Hello, welcome to 21st Century Bonzes Podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. How do you celebrate freedom? Many countries have Independence Day. For example, United States have July the 4th. That is the Independence Day from Great Britain. South Korea celebrates the uh, independence from Japan on August the 15th. Likewise, India also celebrates Independence Day on the August 15th from, from Great Britain. So celebration of freedom is a big deal. Some countries celebrate their Independence Day uh, from the slavery or political uh, freedom. But also some people celebrate the freedom because they want to do everything. They think the freedom is their right to do anything they want to. Now, what is the biblical freedom? So that's something that we want to learn today. Of course, the foremost importance of freedom is the freedom in Christ Jesus from the sin and death. That Jesus accomplished this freedom through his death and resurrection. That he forgives our sins through his sacrifice on the cross, but also he justifies us through his resurrection. So that he makes us righteous because of his righteousness. But what is the freedom in the spirit? Because today we're going to study from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17 it says, where there's a spirit of God, there is freedom. What does that really mean? So I want us to delve into that passage to know the freedom in the spirit of God, in the Holy Spirit. So let's read from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 14 through 18. But their minds were hardened, for until their, this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because it is removed in, in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from, from the Lord the Spirit Amen. There are two things I want to draw from this passage. The first one is freedom from revelation. Freedom for revelation. Second is freedom for transformation. So we have this freedom in the Spirit for the revelation to know God. And also we have this freedom for transformation to become, to be shaped or formed or to be to look like, more like God. So let's look at one by one. The first point is freedom for revelation. Let's go back to verse 14. It says, But their minds were hardened. Who are they? These are the people of Israel. The Israelites, the people of God, their minds were hardened for until the very day at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remaining remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. Now, what does this really mean? Here, let's continue in the verse 15. It says, But to this day, not just 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago, whenever Moses is read, Moses is representing the Old Testament, the veil lies over their heart. Okay, so... Let's talk about this just for a moment. Now, Apostle Paul was talking to the Jewish people and the Hellenistic Jewish people as well. But until that day, when the, even when Jesus, after Jesus was 
uh, was crucified and he rose again from the dead. Um, you know, Apostle Paul was talking to the people of Israelites, the Jewish people who are uh, revering, respecting uh, Moses so much. Now, what is the, what is wrong with Moses? There is nothing wrong with Moses. Of course, the Old Testament. The problem is this: the veil. Now, what is the veil? Now, Moses was spending time with the Lord in the Mount of Sinai, and then he was filled with the glory of God, and then when he came down from the mountain, people could not see his face because Moses was shining, and he was reflecting the glory of God, and, you know, he so he had to cover his face with veil uh, because the people could not see the glory of God directly. But Moses could. What does that really mean? That Moses spent time with the Lord, but the people could not really see the glory of God. Why? Because the Bible says in today's verse, verse 14, it says, the hearts of people, the minds of people were hardened. Now, they just came out of Egypt where the Pharaoh, whose heart was hardened, was ruling. But not just the Pharaoh, but the people of Israel, their hearts were also hardened. Instead of loving the Lord, they were loving the idols. They were chasing after the idols. And that, that's what we saw from the uh, book of Exodus. So that because of their hardened heart, they could not see the glory of God. This veil represents the separation between God and us. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Our iniquities separated us from God so that we cannot see Him. And God does not listen to our prayers. So it's a veil is really because of our sin, our hardened heart that generated the sin. And then the sin blocked us from God and us so that that veil represents that. So because of this veil, people could not see, people could not really know God. Now the uh, Pharisees at that time you know, they are the uh, the true Jewish people. That's what people thought, thought because they respected Moses and they followed Moses' law and they read Moses and they studied Moses so much. However, the problem is this. Their hearts were hardened so that the, the veil was still there and because of the veil, they could not know God. Probably they could know about God a lot because they had so much information about God. However, knowing about God and knowing God as is totally different. It's a heaven and hell difference. There could be so many people who could know about God, a lot of information, a lot of knowledge about God. However, knowing God is based on the true experience of God and true relationship with God. Now, John chapter 17, 3, it says, eternal life is this, knowing God. It doesn't say knowing about God, knowing God, meaning that it is not about head knowledge about Jesus, but it is about your heart knowledge of Christ Jesus. It's the same thing today. There are so many people going to the church and there are, uh, you know, there are professors and the seminary and the PhDs and there's nothing wrong with that. However, there could be many possibilities, many people who have been, who have been going to church and who have been to uh, Bible studies so they know about God as an information, but still, the veil could be still there so that even though they have so much of a knowledge, but they do not truly know God because of their sin, because of their, their hardened heart. Is it possible? Yes, it is so possible. The problem is, 
because they do not know God, they do not have eternal life. In other words, even if they spend so much time in studying the Bible, they are still on the way to eternal punishment, which is hell. So this is a very significant matter. Just like Pharisees, they could be hypocritical, they could be religious, but they could be so different from what they say outside, but what they really truly believe in their heart. There could be like a Pharisaic Pharaoh in so many different ways. So let's be careful. But when the veil is lifted, you have the freedom to know God. That is the freedom for revelation. Freedom for revelation. When there's a Spirit of God, there is freedom. And that freedom is to know God, not just to know about God. Now, question is, how can you how can this veil be lifted up? So let's go back to today's passage and let's see what does it really say. In verse 15, it says, But to this day, whenever Moses is read, veil lies over their heart. But whenever, in verse 16, a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Amen. The answer rise, lies right here. Whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away so that you can have the freedom of revelation, freedom to, for revelation. Verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit. So if you put them together, what does it really mean? The, when you turn to the Lord, the Lord is the Spirit. In other words, when you turn to the Spirit, when you turn to the Holy Spirit, the veil is taken away. So, if you turn to the Holy Spirit, the veil is going to be no more. But if you do not turn to the Holy Spirit, then the veil is still there, so you cannot know Him. You will be still Pharisaic. You will be hypocritical. That's what it really means. So, the Lord is the Spirit, and the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In other words, there is freedom. So, the answer is, turn to the Lord, turn to the Holy Spirit. There is no other way so that um, we, everyone, even now, we need to turn to Christ to Jesus. Verse 15, 18, the last verse, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, this is the second point, that there is the freedom, but the freedom is not only about knowing God, but it's also about the freedom for transformation. Because it says, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Amen. Transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Now, what does this really mean? Glory to glory and being formed, being transformed into the image. In other words, it's a transformation into the image of God. Now, in the Garden of Eden, before the fall, Adam and Eve had the image of God that differentiates us from all the other creatures. However, because of sin, the image of God in us has been marred, has been corrupted. So we lost the image of God. However, when you turn to the Lord, then you will be 
you will be transformed again into the image of God. And that is the freedom. Freedom is not about doing whatever you want to do. Freedom is not about the freedom from uh, different countries. But here, the freedom in the Holy Spirit is, first of all, it is to know God. And second, it is to become like God. Now, it in, the, in this verse, verse 18, uses the mirror. When you look at the mirror, what do you see? You see yourself. So, what does that mean? You become like you become God? No, not at all. We're not God. However, we will have the image of God restored in us and we'll become more like Him. It makes sense because if you live with your loved ones, you will become like your loved one. Now, if you love your spouse, then you will, you'll find yourself pretty looking like uh, your spouse. So, uh, the more you love her or him, that you will be more like him or her. Same thing, same principle. If you love God, then you will become more like him. If you love a musician, let's say if you love a guitarist, and you will, you will spend your hours and hours to practice to become, to play like him, then you will see maybe uh two weeks later or a month later or two months later, you will see that you play like Him. Same principle, same thing. You you love God, then you will spend more time in uh, doing His will and knowing Him and uh, you will see yourself that you will find yourself that you will become more like Him. Very, very important. Now, it's it. the question is this. What image do you have? Who do you like? Who do you look like the most? Now, Psalm 115 verse 8 says a very scary thing, that there are idols that, uh, that they have ears, but they cannot hear, and they, get, they have eyes, but they cannot they don't they cannot see but those who make the idols those who worship the idols will look like this will be like this idols meaning that if you love the idol then even if you have eyes you cannot see even if you have ears but you cannot hear that is the problem with the people who are hardened heart they love something else other than god they love the golden calf so that they became like a golden calf that they could not sense God, they could not see God, and they could not hear God. That's why there is the veil in between God and them. It's the same thing applies to us as well. The people love the wrong idols. People love money, they'll become like money. People like the popularity, they'll become like a popularity. However, the problem is they don't have sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. But if you truly love God, then you will become like Him. Him. But how can you love Him? If you know God, then you will love Him. You'll be fascinated by the glory and beauty of God the more you know Him. So to know Him again, you need to turn to the Holy Spirit so that you will have the freedom to know Him. But unless the Holy Spirit helps you, you cannot truly really know Him. You can know about Him, but that does not save you again. You need to know Him. But when you know Him, you you will be led to His glory his, and His beauty. So you will have a desire in your heart to look like, more like God. So going to church and reading the Bible and singing the song would not be a burden to you anymore because it is not because you have to, but because you love to. Because you love God so much that you will do everything to look like Him more. So this is so important freedom. This is the freedom the Apostle Paul is talking about. If you have the freedom 
in the Holy Spirit, then you will know Him and you will be like Him. You will become like Him. What a great promise it is. In fact, in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 1, we learn that God comforted us so we can comfort others. In chapter 2, there is a victory in Christ Jesus so that God won, God always wins so that we will be also victorious as well. You see the connection between God and us. And in chapter 3, it nails that when you have the freedom, it's not just about knowing Him, but also you will become like Him so that we can do uh, the same work that He does. And that's the, the, that's the promise that Jesus Jesus gave to his disciples in John chapter 14 verse 12 that you will if you believe in me that you will do the same same work that I do and also you can do you will do the greater works than I did because I go to the Father and the Holy Spirit is coming to uh, these disciples and then his disciples will be filled with the Holy Spirit and they will do the exactly same and even greater works than Jesus did and that was that's what we saw in the book of Acts as well so the point is this do you have the freedom if you don't have the freedom, then you cannot know God and then you cannot be like Him. But if you have the freedom, then you will know Him and you will become like Him. So this is what it means to become a Christian, what it means to live as a Christian. Because there are so many so, so many pseudo-Christians or false Christians in the church, but they do not have this freedom. So they do not, they do not really know God and they do not really um, become like God. So there some people might say, you know, I've experienced, I accepted Jesus two, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. But how do you know that you are a true Christian? Your transformation is the evidence of your true salvation. If you are truly saved, then you will become like God. But if you are still the same like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if, if you are becoming more like the world instead of more like a God, then even if you had a great experience accepting Jesus 20, 30 years ago at a crusade, but you are not true Christian. Your transformation right now is telling you that you are truly a Christian. You, you truly know God. Of course, we are not perfect. Until we go to heaven, we'll never become perfect. But there is a certain degree that every year, every day, there is a growth in you that resembles who God is. So how should we live? First of all, we need to know God. How can you know God? Read the Bible, meditate on God's Word, and memorize the Bible verses. But again, if you do not have the help of the Holy Spirit, then you will become like a Pharisee. You know a lot, you have a bunch of information about Jesus Christ, but you are not Christian. So that you need to pray that the Holy Spirit can help you. Holy Spirit can illumine Himself to you, reveal Himself to you. So as you read the Bible, as you meditate on it, you will know the veil is lifted so that you will know Him and His glory and His mercy. So that, the second one is, that you will be transformed. Be, the, be transformed. Be more like God. Ask the Lord each day that you will become like Him. Remember, twelve disciples. You know they were they messed up. They were messed up. And uh, when Jesus was crucified, they all ran away. But when Jesus visited them as the risen Lord, their lives were totally changed. When they received the Holy Spirit, as we saw in Acts chapter one eight, they became witnesses of Jesus. Meaning that they saw Jesus and they witnessed. They reflected. They. Um, they became an ambassadors for Jesus, representing who Jesus was. So they were living like Jesus. They acted like Jesus. They 
they performed so many miracles. They proclaimed um, Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ Jesus, his death and resurrection. But also, they were persecuted like Jesus was. They died uh, like the death of Christ Jesus. They were All of them were martyred. So we see the resemblance of Jesus in disciples' life. Likewise, in today, we can also live like Jesus. We, we can also um, proclaim the gospel of Christ Jesus with the power and wisdom of Christ Jesus. And also, we can undergo the persecution as Jesus is persecuted. Why? Because we are His children and we are becoming transformed uh, by becoming more like Him. And that is truly the evidence of our salvation. And that is the evidence that we have freedom in us, freedom in Christ Jesus. Because we know Him and we become like Him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for this wonderful truth about the freedom. Lord Jesus, there are so many people who do not know about this freedom, who do not have this freedom, even in the church. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would truly help us so that, first of all, we will know you and then we'll be fascinated by you, your glory, and your beauty so that we'll turn away from all the uh, false freedom and false idols but we will turn to you so that we'll know you and we'll become like you more and more. Lord Jesus, please help us and guide us, Lord. We thank you, praise you. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen.